Hello, welcome to everyone. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a ham, it's a show about ham radio or amateur radio. We uh, welcome you tonight. We're glad you're with us, and I uh, would like to hear from you, especially if you're listening out there on shortwave tonight on WBCQ, world famous uh, international shortwave on seventy four ninety. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, shoot us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com, Tom at W5KUB.com. We'd really, really like to hear from you. Let us know where you are and tell us how you're hearing the station. Uh, let's see, a couple of housekeeping things here real quick. I, I need everybody to do me a favor. There you go right there. Hit the subscribe button. We put a little subscribe button down there at the bottom right of your screen. Uh, uh, if you would, please hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. It helps YouTube to uh, advertise our uh, our channel. And uh, actually, believe it or not, about 30% or more people that watch the show alive uh, find us just because they were surfing uh, YouTube and our channel popped up on that little thumbnail over on the right side. as similar, you know. So uh, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'd love to have you as a subscriber. Hit the notify button. Uh, sometimes we come on during the week with something special, a special broadcast. And, and uh, if you hit that subscribe button, it'll notify you whenever we come on live. And we do post videos. Uh, I posted two new videos up on our channel today. We'll talk a little about them uh, tonight. Uh, love to have you join our Facebook group. We have a great ham radio Facebook group. And uh, we've got over 12,000 members in that group today. And uh, it's it's basically uh, under the name of the show, Amateur Radio Roundtable. That's quite a bit to type in. So if you'll just type in W5KUB uh, in the search, in the uh, Facebook search box, uh, you'll come up with, uh, with our uh, ham group. And we'll be glad to uh, get you in here and be a member of it. So... Uh, join our Facebook, W5KUB, uh, W5KUB on Facebook. We'd love to have you. Um, okay. Um, uh, let's uh, let's uh, jump out and see who's uh, who's with us tonight. Oh, let me just uh, say Alan is driving tonight. He went to see his mom uh, tonight, so he may or may not be back in time for the show. Uh, but uh, we have a few of our regulars on here tonight, and let's just go out and say hello uh, to them there. Hey, I see Rich on here from CQ first. Rich, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, we're uh, in the deep freeze here in New Jersey right now. Maybe the end of March, but the weather has not seemed that way. The lows have been down in the low 20s. And uh, it has not been friendly to all the plants that are starting to come up uh, for the spring. But it's supposed to warm up as the week goes on. So hopefully uh, a bunch of them will have uh, made it through. Well, we're going to send you some more weather here tomorrow or the next day. You'll be getting that pretty soon here. Well, hey, we're glad to have you tonight. And we're looking forward to hearing about CQ and and uh, what you've got to tell us there. Glenn, um, I've got some good news for you. Oh, too, what? So. okay. Well, you want to do that when we? Uh, when yeah, me. we'll do that when you start your second look. Glenn, yeah. how you doing tonight down in Mississippi? Come in, Glenn. Earth to Glenn. Earth to Glenn. I'm not hearing Glenn. What's yeah, what's this going mute on? thing never do get that figured out. 
There he is. There he is right yeah. there. What? What's, but, the, what's uh, the shirt say? Uh, I described. I thought it might have something to do with why you couldn't get on tonight. Uh, yeah. If I had to describe myself in one word, does not follow instructions well. I ignored uh, uh, the mute button. All right. All right. Well, hey, hey man, look. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to rename this show every Tuesday night to Severe Weather. Button. Huh? We need yeah, to, we rename it to the mute button. No, we need to rename this show every Tuesday night to the 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 the, the Severe Weather Channel. No uh, kidding. Because it seems like every week we have big weather patterns that are about to hit here. And guys, uh, and, and Glenn, you, you can tell us about your area here. Glenn, Glenn's probably twenty miles south of me. He's not very far, but you know. Uh, we're uh, the prediction tomorrow is very is uh, I think it's very very severe weather. I don't know what two varies in front means, but it's probably going to be tough. And they're estimating or predicting winds of sixty miles an hour. That's six zero miles per hour tomorrow. So I went outside today. I kind of battened down some of the hatches. So what what are you expecting down here, uh, Glenn? Oh, pretty much the same. Actually, I'm about uh, twenty miles uh, south. Uh, or west southwest of you, yeah, almost due west. Okay, just across the state line. Uh, matter of fact, I can stand on my roof and probably see Graceland if I could see through the trees. All but, right. Uh, uh, it's supposed to get nasty. Uh, fortunately, I don't have to drive into work tomorrow. I definitely am glad I'm not on the roads. Um, you know, hopefully the ice storm took down everything that was loose and ready to fall. Um, otherwise it could get nasty, but this is the time of year that happens, you know, and winter's been running really late for us. And then, you know, it was up to 75 degrees today when I left work. So it's, you know, it's just all the fixings to make it nasty tomorrow. Yeah. Well, now you, do, are you going to work from home tomorrow? Yeah, I, okay. I work, I work from home tomorrow. All right. And, uh, just remember you know, when so those when those big trees start coming down and get in the hallway, you know, you, you got oh, your yeah. best best so support. I'll, I'll be in the bathtub with the monsters. Okay, all right. Just want you to be <laughs> safe down here, man. Just be but, safe. Uh, one good thing is that all of the parts have finally gotten in. Well, I can't say all of the parts, but I had a load of parts come in today, so I can get back on building the projects for the next book, and we're going to start cranking those out here. You know. This week, I've already got several half built, and the chapters are all organized and planned. So we're about starting to get on that thing real soon. Yeah, well, you know, um, speaking of parts, came in. I ordered. You know, we found a super duper, pretty inexpensive balloon that flies high. We've been looking for years for it, and uh, it's been proven the last few flights uh, between our flight and a friend's flight out of Sweden. Uh, that this balloon really does a great job. So it, they're they're kind of hard to find, but once you find them, you can get them. But so I went straight to the manufacturer in Japan, Yokohama, Yokohama, Hama. I don't know which one, but I went straight to them and uh, placed an order uh, for ten ten balloons, and um, uh, they're pretty steep on uh, they're pretty steep on uh, uh, postage. They charge a hundred bucks to ship them from Japan. But you know what? They, uh, they sent me a note. They were going to ship them four days ago, 
And after four days, suckers were in my house from Japan. Wow. I mean, that is, I, I thought this supply chain deal was going to slow them down. I, I was expecting three weeks, four weeks, you know. But they sent them a, a UPS, and they were here in four days, man. And uh, well, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we'll talk a little about that a little later tonight. So hey, tonight we got we got several things. We're going to talk about CQ and some uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, things that uh, uh, originals talk about. Uh, I'll mention our uh, W5KB108. Uh, I, I, it went down uh, near Mexico, uh, almost completing two laps around the world. We won't talk much about it. We've already got W5KB110 in the air. We'll talk a little about that tonight. Uh, the little uh, buck boost power supply. I've got a little video put together on that, so we'll be seeing that tonight, and uh, and some other things. And we will also um, we'll also open Zoom up for anybody out there, and uh, uh, so they can join us here. And I want to welcome everybody in the chat room there. And I'm glad I'm glad that uh, John made it from Russellville, Arkansas. Uh, he's got a net going over in Russellville, Arkansas, but uh, he managed to log in, and and maybe we got a little priority tonight over the net. So uh, that's uh, that's good. John, stick in there with us, man. We want to see you. In a, I want to see you on Zoom tonight, and I want to see John if you shaved off your beard. I, I'm I'm looking for you tonight, John. So let's go ahead and and uh, jump over with uh, to uh, Rich. And let's talk about CQ. Uh, Rich, come on in here. How you doing tonight, man? Doing great, and uh, I'm very pleased to have some good news for our print subscribers in particular, that we are finally being able to get back to publishing our print edition after several very long months of uh, digital only. Uh, the April issue will be our mark our return to print, and uh, it'll be out uh, probably about the middle of the month because uh, we got started on it uh, relatively late into the cycle and the additional stuff that we need to do to get that going may delay the uh, digital edition by a couple of days but it'll be there um, so we're very excited about that and have uh, every intention of staying in print <laughs> for a long long time and uh we're very pleased that we're finally able to do that. Do you want me to go ahead so and put this, the, this link up for you? you move, or, oh, yes. Thank where you, you put for this link up about that. Uh-huh. Um, we have, I just want to point out, I think I've mentioned this before, but we're extending all print subscriptions by the number of missed issues, which is seven, unfortunately, uh, September through March. And so everybody will get the number of issues that they've signed up for. But in addition, we have the digital editions of those issues available for download um, from the link that Tom is putting up uh, in the chat room or on the screen. I'm not sure which. Um, but you can go there and download any of the editions from September through March, and there's no additional charge for that. So we uh, hope that you will fill in the blanks in your collection with the digital edition of those issues. There's really good stuff in them. Um, so thank you for that reminder, Tom. Yeah. And we will uh, should also be getting our calendars out very, very soon. 
and you'll still get 12 full months out of them because they run through March. So uh, you'll still get 12 months well, that's good. out of the calendars. Um, in our April issue, we've got uh, a couple of main focuses here. I don't know if everyone is, is plugged into this or not. There's been quite a bit of controversy in the contest community about uh, the position that we have taken regarding stations in uh, Russia and Belarus in our contests uh, due to the invasion of Ukraine. Um, we basically feel that it's, it's kind of a moral imperative to do something, that silence is complicity and that we're not willing to sit by silently. Um, basically for our contest starting last weekend with the WPX single sideband contest, um, stations in, in Russia and Belarus and the Donbass region of Ukraine, which is a separatist area, uh, they're welcome to enter the contest, but they will not be able to submit competitive logs. They would only be um, put in as check logs. And in addition, contacts by other stations with those stations would not count for contest credit. We got a lot of feedback on that, both negative and positive. And uh, it, a lot of, of the negative comments feel that we are in some way violating the spirit of amateur radio and, and getting involved in politics, mm. which ham radio traditionally has not been involved in um our feeling is that this is not politics this is one country invading another country without provocation this is what the u.s state department is determined is calling war crimes it's it's not okay and it's very reminiscent of the actions of nazi germany leading up to world war ii i, I did some reading up on those early days Mm -hmm. in the 30s and uh basically vladimir putin is taking pages directly out of adolf hitler's plan um the, the trying to you know encourage separatist movements uh creating false flags to justify military action um even going back to the 2014 annexation of, of crimea which the west didn't really respond to very strongly um this all is reminiscent of the early days before world war ii when germany annexed the rhineland from france um without any response at all and then the sudetenland and basically the the west was following this policy called appeasement and hoping that they would be happy with taking over just you know a few small pieces of territory and a few small countries and there was no significant response until germany invaded poland and that was the beginning of world war ii and we certainly hope that we're not going to see russia invade poland and have that be the start of world war three and it's just eerily similar to what happened in the 1930s and the response of, of the West has been much stronger this time. 
but it includes not only governments, it includes private companies and sports federations. And we're, we're kind of a sports federation in terms of, of contests because this is radio sport. And we're following the, the positions taken by many of the international sports federations on limiting the participation of competitors from Russia and Belarus um, to drive home the message that no, this is not okay, this is not business as usual. And uh, we, we understand that the people who would likely be in the contest have no real influence over their government policies. Um, but we, we have to, we cannot sit by silently. And as I'm saying in my editorial this month, if we've inconvenienced you through this policy, we're sorry, but nobody is bombing your houses or shooting missiles at your hospitals. And this is life and death in Ukraine. And we just cannot stand by and pretend that everything is normal. Um, so I talk about that in my editorial. We also have a feature with the specific policy that we laid out and quite a bit of a sampling of responses, both negative and positive, in the issue. And uh, we follow that with our emergency communications column on what we're calling a different kind of MCOM, um, collected reports of how hams in Europe are helping the refugees, particularly hams in Poland, um, providing assistance. Uh, Romanian hams have been placed on alert in case uh, anything happens there. So there's a lot of, of amateur radio activity related to this. So that's, that's one big chunk of, of the April issue. The biggest chunk, as always, in April is the results of the CQ Worldwide DX single sideband contest, which uh, had, again, a record number uh, participation level in uh, last October. And uh, we have a great report there. We have two new categories in the contest, the youth category and the explorer category. Um, explorer category is, is trying you know, new and, and different approaches to setting up your station, to organizing your station, and uh, lots of flexibility there on, on how you enter. And the youth category is for contesters under age 25, and we had a really good response and there's a whole special section in the report on the contest results from the youth operators. So that's really something to look forward to. And of course, since this is April, we have our annual visit from Professor Heiseluft. And uh, I'm not going to tell you too much about what the good professor is talking about this time, except that it involves spectrum rage. So keep oh, that. Oh, boy, I have, to, uh, I have to check that out. <laughs> well, that um, sounds pretty good. It always is. Yeah. Um, among our other columns beyond emergency communications, our kit building column by K0NEB uh, is titled Four Times the Fun. And Joe takes a look at the Pentec TR2035 
four band CW transceiver kit, very nicely packaged kit with uh, everything you need to do in each step in its own bag. Let's see if I can hold this up in front of the camera here to uh, this is the setup. Oh, yeah. So everything is, is in a, a bag there. So you just, as you go to each step in the project, you use what's in the next bag. And all the parts you need for that part of the project are there. And you may notice that all of the toroids are pre-wound. So that takes that's a lot great. of the uh, yeah. work. Well, that takes the fun out of, out of it. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think, you know, I've always found winding well, toroids to be they, really cool because yeah. you you can't make your own resistors. You can't make your own yeah, capacitors, no. but you can make your own coils. And that yeah, is just I enjoy doing that. Now, creating wait, you your know, own component. Now, that sounds like a challenge. I, I think we can make our own resistors and capacitors. I think we oh, can. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but I, I, we, I, you know, I, I t- we, we'll pass on that for right now. Maybe in a later show, we'll, we'll do this. What, what are we going to use? Branches off of trees for resistors now? No, we're going to use pencil lead. Oh, there you go. We'll use pencil lead and some other things, and we'll use... Uh, We'll, 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 use tinfoil, we'll use tinfoil. Yeah, we'll use tinfoil. We'll use tinfoil and uh, tinfoil and wax paper. <laughs> Once you do that, will you be able to put them on a little PC board? Like well, and with the it, coils well, that you it, make it may be you a put little, them on a breadboard. It may be a little messy. Uh, yeah, I, I think you missed our show two weeks ago where we we did a potato power transmitter where. We actually we actually had uh, six potatoes out there all in series parallel, and we proved that our potatoes could power a transmitter. So that was. Yeah, we've got an article coming up in a future issue about that. From, okay. Uh, all right. We'll have to look so, at. Uh, that should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what else we've got. Two article, two columns on Winter Field Day um, this month. April is is springtime, but. Uh, I'll tell you, it's winter here these last couple of days. So uh, both our learning curve column and QRP column are different takes on winter field day. Um, Ron in learning curve talks about it more generally, and Scott in QRP takes a QRPers approach to winter field day. So uh, two really good pieces right there. In our analog adventures column this month, uh, Eric Nichols, KL7AJ, takes uh does the uh he calls it the ritty ditty and it's a look back at the teletype model 28 uh teleprinter which uh anybody who's been around a long time and been into radio teletype will remember the model 28 and And you know i i I just have loud clanking and clunking and i i just have to i just have to say this again rich I, i was in the air force and I was a teletype repairman. I, I went to school for one year to learn how to repair the Model 28s. So, hey, I'm looking forward to I did to the it. Model 35s. Yeah, so. and the 35s. It's just got a, got three more uh, pieces on everything, you know. <laughs> I made use of the, uh, I don't know if it was the 28, but certainly the teleprinters in my early days in uh radio news in the uh, wire service machines were uh, very loud, clunky teletype teleprinters and uh, 
no keyboards on them, of course, because we were only on the receive end. But then I worked for the Associated Press, where you did have the keyboard. But by the time I was there, uh, we were using computers. But uh, it's uh, a lot of... I remember in, in a college radio club, we had uh, a Model 28 in there. So that was uh, a lot of fun. Back to the issue. Um, speaking of springtime, Trent and for DTF and VHF Plus writes about springtime on six and uh, a great, great trans-equatorial propagation opening uh, in uh, just a couple weeks ago, March 14th, between the uh, southeastern U.S. and central South America. Really fantastic opening. So that's that's really cool. And uh, looking forward to more good VHF activity as the spring moves towards summer and uh, we get sporadic E and uh, who knows this uh, sunspot cycle is kind of working its way up to being a little stronger than the official predictions have uh, been predicting and so we may uh, yeah. end up with some F2 on six meters which would be fantastic. Hey, hey Rich today I, I, I've been looking last couple days I've been some of the Facebook groups and uh, guys talking about 12 meters he said it is hotter than a firecracker he made he 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 worked like 109 countries today wow. on, on on 12 meters and it's been like That's that for the last couple of days i was going to come back here and turn the radio on and listen i mean i'm talking yeah. about some really good countries here too wow it's fantastic um, hey Rich, so, real quick. Yeah. How long is that link going to be up for the uh, back issues? I really don't know. Um, I'm not aware of, of immediate plans to take it down at, at you know a particular point in time. But so uh, I don't know for sure. But probably it would be a good idea if you want to download those issues to do it fairly soon. Yeah, but that was they, a question. Won't that was be in there the chat room. I've already yeah. got them, but that was a question in the chat room. But as soon as you put up the link, I went and grabbed them real quick. So I've got reading material at work. Short answer is I'm not sure. Um, it'll be there for a while, but probably not forever. So uh, you should go go download them and then read them at your leisure. Yeah, just to, to wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. To wrap up the highlights of, of April here, um, awards editor KI4KWR is uh, writing about some very cool DX awards from Ecuador, um, which are not really difficult to earn. So uh, you should definitely look into that. The uh, one of them is the Galapagos Islands Award, and I think you only need yeah you only need one confirmed contact for the station an HC8 station in the Galapagos. So that shouldn't be too difficult to earn. Because if you do any amount of DXing or contesting, uh, there's a pretty good level of activity from HC8. So it shouldn't be too difficult to uh, earn that. And there are others that aren't that hard to do either. And they're uh, very nice looking certificates. In our DX column, we uh, go back to the young people with the winners of the second annual Intrepid DX Group's Youth Dream Rig essay contest. And uh, we've got uh, 
first place winner was uh, he's 10 or 11 years old. I guess he's 11 now. Um, and uh, his uh, the, the question was, how can amateur radio evolve to remain relevant in the age of the Internet? And his uh, conclusion is it will remain relevant because, first, it inspires and creates community. Second, it can help those in danger, emergency, or conflict. And finally, it is fun. And that about says it all. That's why he won first place. And uh, we've got the second place winner is uh, KD2UYX. And the third place winner is K6IAS. Um, so they're very good, excellent uh, um, writers for their age in particular. And uh, last item on my list now is our contesting column, which takes a two-year look back at the impact of COVID on contesting. Uh, it has uh, one, of, one of the very few good things that has come out of this pandemic <clears throat> is uh, the impact on contesting, because with all those lockdowns, people were at home and had nothing better to do with their time than get on the radio. And uh, we've had, you know, really big... Uh, numbers in all the contests not only the cq contest but arrl contests as well and uh, some other major contests but you know the interesting thing is as i mentioned uh, earlier the cq worldwide dx contest that was last october when the restrictions were largely being lifted on uh, big you know on travel and on multi-op stations and uh, still had a record number of logs submitted so a lot of the people who may have come into contesting for the first time over the last two years because they didn't have anything else to do and thought they'd give it a shot uh discovered that they really really have fun with it and are going to continue to get involved and, and get on the air with them so that is a quick look at some of the highlights of our april issue um Again, the uh, digital edition should be out next week, a couple days late, possibly. And thankfully, the print edition in a couple of weeks, as soon as we can get it on paper and bound and in the mail. So that's All right. exciting. Well, that, uh, that sounds real good. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, man, you, you just brought us some new ideas. I, hey, the chat, we were talking about the toroids a while ago. Yeah, potato toroids. They're talking about potato toroids. Now, we might try oh, the potato Lord. toroid. It's probably going to take a little extra turns. It's probably going to take a big potato, but I think <laughs> that we can make a potato toroid. I think we can do that. I bet that. you could make a smaller one out of a tater tot. I haven't tried that. And uh, also, the potatoes, I understand here, and I didn't realize this, but the potato-powered uh, equipment is good for working Idaho for some reason. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that that's a good thing there, too. Well, you know, Rich, you were talking uh, about... The, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just wondering, with potatoes, you know, will it, something to, to experiment with is whether the component values are different if you're using an Idaho potato, a redskin potato, eastern potato, Yukon gold. You, know, you, use, you use the Yukon golds and the 
increase your well, chances of working KO7. Well, I tell you what, exactly. I, think, I, I think that I can make the transmitter work on one potato. Uh, have you, you seen? Have you seen the guy? On, have you seen the guy on TV that's got the big eighteen uh, wheel trailer and it's got that potato on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm if seeing it if goes I can. Missing, we know where it's at. If I can get that <laughs> potato brought by here, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, see what kind of power it can put out. Now you know they said you get more current out of that thing if you bake the potato. Yeah, they did, and of course I didn't want to go through all that trouble, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hey, Rich, he, he got more. Thing, yeah, he got more power uh, out of it, more current and, and voltage with it. Uh, yeah, wasn't this past weekend the WPX sideband contest? Yes, it was. <clears throat> oh dear Lord, the bands were just absolutely packed. I was tinkering with a radio that theoretically had a bad receiver, and I'm sitting here hearing a half a dozen stations working the WPX. And I'm like, this radio shouldn't even be working, and it's it's hearing these guys. <laughs> so it bands were hot. That's great. I'm very glad you to know, hear it. I you know, unfortunately guys, didn't have time to get on over the weekend, but uh, I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah, speaking of Russia, there everybody knows that Raisa joined our uh, our show here, and it's been on about every couple weeks with us. We've been talking uh, with her, and it's best right now that uh, she doesn't really attend the show. They basically have cut off all the YouTube and the Facebook, and they're having real Internet problems. Um, so a lot of things are going on, and, um, of course, she has to be very careful in anything she says. So uh, we've decided just to not have her on the show for a while at some point. When things get better, uh, we'll have uh, Ray, Ray so back with us. She uh, she was in some contest, some Russian contest, uh, a, a couple weeks ago. I forget what the contest was, but uh, everybody was QRMing them. They were whistling and playing music, and they were just jamming the Russian station. So, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, Rich. There's... There's people on both sides uh, in ham radio that, you know, I don't know. Let's just hope that the world becomes a better place here soon. Definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, Rich, I would discourage QRMing. Yeah. 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 That, that's going too far. Yeah. Uh, well, look, hey, thanks very much for coming on with us and sharing with us uh, the new link there for the uh, CQ magazines and the good news about CQ coming back. And uh, and thanks for letting us know what's coming up here. And uh, we, we may try potato toroid. Might may try it. <laughs> uh, let's see. There was other comments. Yeah. Other comments. Yeah. Uh, potato toroid. Yeah, my sweet next potato. rig is in the garden right now. Sweet, <laughs> sweet potato versus QRP potato. and it'll be a kilowatt when it's done growing, right? You know, my, my, my son out there, Chris, he says sweet potato versus white potato. There, That's you know, another one, yeah. I don't I don't think I like sweet potatoes, but that might be one. Um, a spud Baltic source. Uh, let's see. There's all kinds of stuff going on here about the spuds here. And then here's guy. I don't understand it. I don't eat pineapple. Make a pineapple toroid. They come pre-punched, right out of the can. I'm not, what? Is that because oh, of they the got shape? the hole in the they, center. Yeah, the yeah, hole, hole in the center. I got you. Yeah, yeah, the hole in the center. All right. Well, hey, and uh, hey, 
in that case, we might try a donut, you know. Or a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we might try that. <laughs> and uh, we got Bill joining us here. Let's you know, Bill Rich, here. that is one thing I've missed since <clears throat> I moved here from <clears throat> South Florida is there's no <clears throat> good bagels anywhere near Memphis. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I don't. I don't eat bagels. That's kind of like a. But donut. I did. I got to wine toroids on a project I was building this weekend. So yeah, I had my toroid fun. So so Good. a bagel. I don't. I don't eat bagels, but that's kind of that looks kind of like a donut, doesn't it? It looks um, that way, but doesn't taste that way. It sure don't. Yeah. I, I tell you what, that's the reason <laughs> I don't like them. It don't taste like a donut. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks, Rich, very much. Um, okay. We had Bill join us. So. I will uh, see you all next month and uh, look forward to all talking right. about All right. Today. Very so, good. All good right. night, everybody. We'll see you. See Take you later. Take care, Rich. All right, guys. Take we will night. be back in just a moment. Everybody just stick it, stick in here with us. We'll be right back. Didn't get everything. Time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new IT52A handheld. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual-mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 through 148 and 440 through 450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming, and charging. And it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we're back. And uh, let me take this opportunity again to welcome anybody out there listening on shortwave. 7490 WBCQ out of Monticello, Maine. Uh, would love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. This show is about ham radio, amateur radio, so we're glad to have you. Stick around, and uh, uh, we're going to talk about some more uh, uh, interesting things here in just a, a few minutes. Join our uh, Facebook group. It's called W5KUB. And it follows, uh, well, we've got 12,000 people in here. It's just a great ham radio group. Just search for W5KUB and please uh, please join there. And if you will, please hit the subscribe button. I'll put the little arrow, arrow on there just in case uh, you don't know what I'm talking about. Follow the instructions there. Click that little subscribe button that we've got down in the bottom right. 
would love to have you subscribe. That helps us to promote our show on YouTube. All right, so we are back here. We've just been joined by uh, Bill Brown, W-B-A-E-L-K. Bill, how you doing tonight? Yeah, doing good. Waiting for uh, fun weather tomorrow. Yeah, you got a little bit of a... It sounds like... It sounds like you're modulating a guitar string. Oh, yeah, your bandwidth, bandwidth's uh, chopping out on you. But that's okay. That's okay. We're gonna, high speed. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get you fixed up here one day soon and get you a little bit better. Sometimes it's okay, but every now and then it kind of you know gets kind of fades down. Poor quality. It's been flaky lately. I'm gonna switch over to the Verizon. So. I'll okay. Be right back. All, right, all right. Very good. All right. So, so um, one of the things that uh, you know I talked about here uh, a couple uh, weeks ago was uh, that little uh, Buck Boost deal that I bought off eBay that uh, can uh, make a neat little verbal power supply, verbal voltage power supply. Now, I've got a quick little video here. I'm gonna I'm gonna run, and we finally put it together. We found a box to put it in. And uh, I'm going to show you uh, how it turned out. It's kind of neat. You may want to make you one. So let me uh, see if I can uh, get that running here. And uh, we'll be back uh, after it, and we'll talk about it for a second. So here we go. I've got a little homebrew... Uh, here I built many years ago it is uh, it, I use it for everything uh, variable voltage uh, I can I can actually read the voltage on this analog scale here there's there's 10 volts right there you might see it I'm just crank it up to you know 10 volts or whatever uh, I can flip it down I can also read current from 0 to 1 amp on my meter here put me a little external digital meter on here at one point but I use that for everything but, you know, I mentioned to you that you can buy anything on eBay. And I found these little uh, buck boost converters. This little buck boost converter will take any input voltage, you know, like 8 volts, 10 volts, 20 volts. And this particular one here will allow you to adjust it from 0.5 volts up to 30 volts. So even if you're putting 15 volts in, you'll get 30 volts out. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I thought about you know, converting a, um, a computer power supply. But I really don't have a case to put it in. And when I'm looking at um, the room, I don't really have room to mount this because uh, there's just not enough room in here. So anyway, uh, hey, I've got a bunch of these. Uh, in the past, I've always bought cheap soldering stations off the Internet. I don't know why I do it. I guess I'm uh, crazy. Every one of them goes out in about three months. They're uh, they're cheapies, you know, variable variable uh, temperature, digital readout, the iron hooks here. But uh, it's a nice little box, a very nice little box, and uh, has a transformer in it. The uh, soldering irons are AC, and this and uh, so I, I decided to build my variable power supply in one of these boxes. So here you can see one opened up. All it basically had a train um, in it was the 
on-off switch right here and a transformer. So that was AC only. I have added, I've added a, um, a full-way bridge. Here's a full-way bridge I've added, and I've added a, a filter capacitor here uh, to make it DC. Now this power supply uh, puts out 10 volts, and um, let's see, uh, 10 volts and tw uh, 24 volts, I think, yeah, 24 volts and 10 volts. So um, I'm just going to use the yellow wires, the 10 volt, the 10 volt uh, wires uh, with my four-way bridge gives me, you know, more than 10, 11 or 12 volts. Uh, but this is going to be a neat little package here. Uh, I took the front cover off. I cut me a hole in it. And um, the meter is going to mount, the meter will mount right in the front of it. And uh, I'm going to put uh, some banana uh, plugs uh, down here at the bottom, you know, to connect to. And uh, here's the cover. So, you know, hey, it's going to be a, a pretty neat little box, uh, all self-contained, a power switch on it, uh, power cord and everything. Uh, that part's well built, but uh, they don't last very long. Like I say, I, I burnt three of these out. And uh, I finally went with a commercial uh, soldering station, which has cost a lot more money, but it's worth it. So anyway, I've got several of these uh, boxes. This is going to be uh, my choice for the uh, power supply. All right, so we've, uh, we've got the little panel mounted in the front plate. Got the banana jacks on it. And uh, you can see it's, uh, it's pretty simple. We'll connect this uh, buck boost to our uh, power supply over there, and uh, we should have a power supply that's uh, doing a good job for us. It'd be good for small projects. And, um, you know, it, it probably is good for maybe an amp, amp and a half. Uh, the buck boost is supposed to be able to handle up to 10 amps, but, uh, of course, our power supply here is not going to do 10 amps. But uh, it's going to be uh, a uh, pretty neat little power supply, I think, once we finish it. All right, so uh, we've got the front panel on. Pretty neat. Everything's fitting uh, very well. Uh, we just tuck our little uh, ridge rectifier down here in the opening. I've got it insulated. We've got our, our, our capacitor here. And uh, we've just, uh, oh, I might need to look at this. That looks a little close right there. That looks a little close. That could, uh, could short out right there. Well, that toroid, toroid is actually hitting, toroid here is actually touching that transformer. I'll probably put a piece of cardboard or something in here to insulate those two so it won't. Uh, edge that transformer won't rub into the insulation of the uh, toroid there. Let's, um, hmm, I better do that right now. Okay, so I put me some uh, electrical tape right here, right there on the edge of the transformer where this toroid is kind of touching it there to insulate it. I don't think it's going to be any problem. There's not going to be a lot, a lot of movement there or, or anything, and it's well insulated. Let's power this thing on and see what it does. So, uh, let's see if I can do this. I kind of 
aim it up here a little bit so you can see it. So you can see uh, we're set at 1.9 volts. We're pulling no current right now. So you can see how accurate the uh, volt adjustment is. There's uh, 1.99. There's 2.0. 2.01 2.02 so you can just you know you can crank this thing all the way up to uh, it'll go up to 30 volts now so this is a the the buck boost meaning our basically our 12 volt input to it will will actually go from from 0.5 to 30 volts those are neat little power supply I got some banana plugs on the front here so you know if I'm working on projects here like like one of the little super like the uh, uh, Pico tracker that we use for the balloons and we need three volts. Uh, I can come right off here Adjust this for three volts uh, In fact, I can actually turn the voltage down to see how low the tracker would actually operate And see where the uh, tracker stops, you know transmitting so it's a cool power supply. It's going to read both uh, It's going to read both the the voltage here and the current here and it also has other readings uh uh, watts and so forth, but we're not going to use those. We're not going to select those. Let me get the cover on it. And let's see how this thing looks So I was having a little trouble getting the cover to go all the way down It appears that my uh, my capacitor here is a little bit too tall For the cover to go all the way down. So uh, I found a place here. We can we can lay it in here kind of uh, at an angle like this just kind of lay it down in there which hey it fits pretty nicely there anyway uh and we will then uh, uh put the cover on and it's going to it's going to go down really really well it's going to look good and um it'll be a nice little uh, nice little uh, bench power supply right there so you can see it's uh, uh looks very professional um Variable supply, uh, 0.5 to 30 volts for the bench, and we'll just put that up there on the bench, and uh, we'll have another power supply that we can use. So it's finished, and uh, that's how it looks. I think it's, uh, I think it looks pretty professional. So uh, you know, we just, hey, I save everything. These old power supplies for the soldering irons. Like I said, I have three of them that are junk. Uh, they make perfect boxes for building uh, projects in. This is going to make a nice little variable uh, bench supply. All self-contained, with the power cords mounted and everything. They're really, uh, really neat. And let's see. Let's just play with it here. So we can play with it. and If we can... Uh, Get a voltage here. Let's see. All right. Let's see if I can set a meter up where we can we can do a little playing with it here. We're going to the now plugs here. All right. Well, the uh, meter itself here is reading 3.37. 3.37, and the fluke is reading 3. Six eight, so you know, uh, pretty accurate, pretty accurate, uh, very accurate. So let's just crank this up a little here, and we'll see where we can go to. 
Let's put it on like five volts. See what we got here. We're gonna go up to five volts. All right, there's a uh, really five volts on the, the little uh, internal uh, supply here. And over on a fluke, we're reading 5.01. So I'd say that's pretty accurate there. Let's just crank it on up real quick. Let's see if we can go up to like, you know, 12 volts or whatever. Now there's a way, I haven't figured out yet, there's a way to press the button and you can select digits here where you can tune it faster. Uh, but uh, I haven't quite got that under control yet. Let's just go up to 10 volts and see what the accuracy is at 10 volts. So we're, uh, we're getting there. All right, very uh, accurate and very small steps. There's 10 volts, and over on the fluke, we're reading 10.01. Uh, so I'd say it's very, uh, very accurate, and it's going to be a nice, uh, nice bench supply. Again, very self-contained. It looks very good, and uh, we'll put it, we'll put it in place up here on the shelf uh, next to the other supply, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll try it out and see how uh, how it performs for us and we'll let you know all right well that was just a little uh, project that uh, we uh, did for the show um looks like it's going to turn out to be all a right, pretty uh, this one's a pretty little power supply actually uh looking forward to uh to using it all right well bill you back with us there are you uh do you have a better connection there bill While we're waiting for Bill, I want to say that is a very nice-looking installation. I almost wish I had one of those laying around to modify. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was really... What iron was that from, Tom? What iron? Uh, I, you know, that's one of those Chinese. They come under different names. Hako or something. I don't know. It wasn't on that particular one. But they, they every one of them ended up... I think what happens is the... the uh, the iron itself went bad because there's not much to go bad in the power supply there for it. But, uh, you know, so I just thought I'd make me a power supply out of it. And, you know, it's going to be really neat, uh, especially with the super, with the trackers. You know, we can crank it voltage down in the hundreds and just see how low we can go, uh, you know. And for it. Does that, uh, does that board actually have a, uh, a digital display as part of it? That buck boost yeah yeah that that little unit snaps in it's it's everything it's got the little encoder wheel and it is it, all you know it's it's uh where, where did you get that from i just uh just just do a search for buck boost on ebay and you'll see hundreds of them out there okay how much did it cost uh i think like 12 dollars or something it wasn't too much now that like i say uh, that that looked yeah. really nice i want one yeah, it it turned out pretty nice. And I, my other power supply that I showed you, I use that thing for everything. And even though it's only it's only a one amp little power supply, but you know everything that I test, the wife brings me, whether it be a electric toothbrush or or or, or you know garage door opener or a flashlight or whatever, you know so, uh, that little variable power supply has just been so handy, man. You know to set it at twelve volts or you know, five volts, whatever you need, and 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 uh, uh, it has really been a nice uh, power supply. But uh, I thought, well, I'll just throw this one together here. 
Hey, uh, while we're at it, real quick, let me. Uh, I've got a, I got two other short videos here, uh, guys. So we did launch, and uh, we can discuss this in a little while. We launched uh, W5KUB110 uh, yesterday. Um, uh, 108. If you were following 108, it almost made two laps around the world, and uh, it didn't quite finish the second lap. It got as far as Mexico, and that was about it. I think we hit some storms. Uh, there were some pretty high clouds over 45,000 feet uh, in that area, and we just kind of disappeared. Uh, so we launched another one today. Again, this is a silver balloon. Uh, I'm a little worried about heating. Maybe not. I don't know. We use a little less uh, less uh, free lift in it this time. Uh, but I was telling Bill, I, I told you I got my the big box in with the 10 new uh balloons from japan and uh it took four days to get them from japan from the time i ordered to the time they were delivered to my house i i couldn't believe it could not believe it man and these are the clear ones so uh you know supposedly we'll be able to run a lot more free lift in these clear ones now i don't know if that makes a big difference or not bill we'll talk about that in just a few minutes hey here's our launch from uh Here's our launch from uh, yesterday morning. We decided yesterday morning was about our only window uh, that that we really had for the next week or so. Uh, it was supposed to be really cloudy today, and tomorrow we're getting very, very severe storms tomorrow with winds up to 60 miles per hour here. So we had to get that launch off yesterday, and you'll see uh, it was pretty windy out there. Uh, I was a little worried it was going to tear the balloon apart. So here's the launch, just about a minute and a half or so. Uh, let you see what the uh, what the launch looked like for uh, 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 W5KUB110. So here we go. Let me see if I can play it here. Tom, while you're finding that, I did want to mention that those. Um, hey guys, uh, here we're talking. Never mind. 110. We're fixing the launch. Uh, 110 here. It's one of the new experimental balloons we're trying out. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll have a, a good day. That that balloon's going to be so low it's going to yank it up. Uh, Bill, that reminds me of the launch we did up in Dayton a couple years ago with Astronaut Wheelock. That's pretty windy, yeah. Uh, huh? Yeah. But after we uh, after we let it go, it 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 quit. You know, it, it got. That was a tough launch. We uh, the balloon it, it didn't uh, ruffle up after it. It didn't have enough lift that uh, the tracker just barely touched the ground when it it came out of my hand. So. There it goes. We're heading southwest. I guess we're heading toward uh, Austin, Texas, probably right now. We're heading for the Memphis airport. How much free lift did you use on this particular balloon? We used uh, 4.8. Which I'm a little worried. That's starting to get a little low. That's less than. Seems to be doing. It seems to be doing pretty fine so far. That's uh. That's less than ten percent of the weight. Right. So.
All right, slow, uh, slow uh, lift to it, but it is going up. You're going to have to get Bill to get you one of those telephoto lenses right they now, use for the rocket. Feet. Well, I, I tell you what, the fall, watch this. Feet. Watch your zoom back here. That's a pretty good telephoto right there. Oh, yeah, that's impressive. But you need to get one of the NASA ones. Oh, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That would, uh, that would be cool to do that. Uh, all right, so that was our launch. You can see, you know, once we turned loose of the balloon, it, it wasn't flopping around any. It was just basically going with the flow, you know, so... It uh, it did pretty pretty good there, and uh, Bill, I mean we uh, we reached great float altitude about forty one thousand. That's right where it's, the spreadsheet says it's going to fly. So I'm fairly happy with that balloon. It's a really small one, but uh, it it is this the uh, the one you got from Etsy? No, this is uh you know the first one we flew. Um, 108 was Epsi. That was the $23. And then I ordered two from Balloons Online, the the, the different name brand, but it appears to be the same. Uh, This is one of those 16s. And and, uh, that's one of the 16s. It looks like the same balloon. $16. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's hard to tell exactly. Uh, And then, of course, uh, today, no, yesterday, right after the launch, I had 10 clear ones delivered to me right after the launch. So, I don't know. I'm anxious to get a clear one in the air to see uh, how that'll work. Uh, hey, Bill, I've got a uh, – while we're, while we're doing it right here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to show the people – Bill, you you, uh, you inflated one of the uh, the four gore balloons, didn't you? Maybe one of the cheaper ones? I did a, a clear one, and uh, I did a, a silver okay. uh, foil one. The clear one is completely over on its side right now, but okay. the foil one is still uh, fully inflated. Well, here, here's, a, here's a video where I actually pressure tested. I wanted to make sure it didn't have any holes in it, and I wanted to make sure that we could get it up to uh, above the pressure we needed. So I took this up to, I think, 0.45 PSI, which is should be well above what we need. And this is the one we flew uh, we, we launched yesterday, uh, which this morning it ended up, uh, hey, we launched an hour late yesterday, and uh, normally when we launch early, we come up west of Bermuda, but uh, when it came up this morning, it was northeast of Bermuda. I mean, it's been moving, man. So yeah. tomorrow, it's going to be quite a bit on over closer to uh, Africa. This this is about a nine-minute, I think. Uh, it's uh, But, but I want to show you what we did to how this balloon comes packaged and as you inflate it uh you'll see it it sounds like it's tearing apart it's popping and coming apart and you'll see uh the manometer that we've got where we measure the pressure and uh if you watch this video uh you we made a slight mistake at the beginning uh we forgot to our manometer is such a small tube and such a small opening we have to basically use the same tube to put air in and air out to measure. So that means I have to have a cutoff uh, on the manometer because if I put air in and the manometer's on, the the uh, colored liquid will it, it, it'll shoot out and it'll hit the ceiling. And uh, you'll see I, I turned it on by accident. So our very first turn on here, we're going to lose all of our fluid in the manometer. So I want you to watch this right here. 
All right, we've got the W5KUB uh, 110 out. This is a 32 inch, it's a, a full 32 inch diameter spear. So it's a four gore balloon. When this thing fills up, you're going to actually see four sides or four gores that are going to fill up, and then it's going to uh, stretch out to be perfectly round. So we're going to start inflating it in just a minute. We've got our manometer set up and our pressure uh, uh, set up here where we can test. So, at, uh, we want to make sure that we can handle about 0.4 PSI. So 0.4 PSI is going to be about 11 inches of water rise, water column. And uh, the way the manometer reads this, the water, the air pressure, the air pressure from the balloon comes down the tube and it goes up and it pushes the water, it pushes the colored water down and it pushes it up. So we need 11 inches. And uh, the way you measure this is you measure how far it goes down and how far it goes up, and you add them together, and that gives you uh, your total water column rise. Now, or you can just double double this. And what we've got here is we've got a little tape measure. We can loosen this, and we can move this tape measure up or down. And we got it, we've got it pretty much to zero right here. So we're looking to bring this balloon pressure up to about... Oh, uh, let's see, 11, uh, probably about five and a half, uh, five and a half water column, which is, equals 11 inches. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So we're going to get back here and put a little air in it very slowly, really slow. And I uh, have to turn this valve off. Or it'll, it'll blow the water out of the manometer. And then I'm going to turn this one on. That's going to allow us to put some air in the balloon. So here we go. We're going to go real slow. Very slow. And I just blew all the water. Ah. I turned that on instead of off. Uh, the colored water. You can see the colored water came out. It went out the top here. It went out the top and it went across the room here and it hit the balloon. So... I'm going to have to uh, put some more colored water in and uh, readjust things. Okay, we've, uh, we have refilled our manometer with our colored liquid, and we've adjusted the uh, tape measure down to zero here. This is all. We're going to put some air in it very slowly. All right, here we go. We won't have any. We won't have any pressure yet on our manometer, so uh, we'll have to wait till we get it. Now you'll start to see the four gores. They're going to start uh, expanding here and start separating. If you look down this uh, crease here, you'll see that crease is going to split in a minute. You can see it coming apart. Sounds like it's breaking, but
screw to the other side is filling out. Don't know if I can get around here or not. Let's see. You can see the four gores starting to show up. did it take you to get the air back out of it huh? uh overnight it's just starting to fill up the four gores yeah the it took gores, overnight you can see overnight, some though. of the ridges there the four gores are starting to fill out so it's turning into a ball now a spear and that's what uh, makes this type of balloon so much larger uh, than a regular uh, balloon that we've been flying is that it only has basically two sides and it fills up kind of like a, a pancake uh, so you can see the crease is still it hadn't separated here yet more pressure will separate that and we've got to do that kind of in the warm weather they're saying that if this thing inflates uh when it's cold that uh this is brittle and uh, it'll damage it uh so we need to really uh, inflate this uh here on the ground we'll pressure test it and we'll be able to inflate it to the pressure that we think is safe and uh, it will expand out and that way when we fill it back up later uh, it won't have to pressurize and and and, and separate all the different uh, uh, four gore se uh, seams okay well as you can see it's starting to uh, it's starting to fill out and uh, when it fills out all these wrinkles should go away this is one of the seams of one of the gores it's a four gore so we've got one two three four sides of this balloon so it's starting to fill out you can see it's starting to take a nice round shape to it and uh we'll try to get that pressure up we're, uh, we're only up to about uh, two inches of water right now so um let's see yeah we're up to about uh we're up to about two inches of water so two inches that's a 0.072 uh, psi right now so we're going to keep going with it well as you can see we're already up to a little over five there's five and a quarter uh five and a quarter inches of water a uh, column which means that's ten and a half inches and uh, ten and a half inches is going to put us up well over uh, 0.36 uh, psi so uh, we're gonna we're gonna go up a little higher. See what we're gonna let it sit like this for a while. It feels pretty tight, but we're gonna let it sit like this for a little while and let it do its own little stretching there. And we'll come back and we'll put a little bit more pressure in it. And uh, we really don't need to bring it up much more. Uh, you know, just a little bit more, another uh, another half inch here, and uh, we will be in a safe range to fly it. All right, we're actually up to uh, six and a half inches. We're at uh, six and a half inches right here on our manometer. And uh, we're gonna let it sit there for a while. Six and a half inches is quite a bit of pressure. Six and a half, uh, 13, that's about 0.45 uh, PSI. So we're gonna, we're gonna let it sit like this, let it do its own stretching. And 
we'll let it fill out for a little while. All right, so <clears throat> the manufacturer says that uh, it needs to be warm to stretch out. And uh, we're going to help it here a little bit with a hairdryer to get some of these wrinkles out. You'll see some of the wrinkles go away if the balloon doesn't move out of the way. I'm going to try here. Well, okay. Possible to hold the blue here and, and film and uh, and blow it too. Well, we've taken it up to about six and a half. Well, that'd be about 13 inches of water column. 13 inches of water column would be about a about a point four uh, five um, psi. So uh, it surely can withstand the uh, the uh, pressure at altitude. But uh, anyway, it's looking pretty good, so I think we're about ready to fly this one. I've got the tractor uh, being tested, and um, uh, hopefully within the next five, six days, we can, we can launch, and uh, we'll see how this one does. All right, well, so Bill, you notice the... I noticed that uh, when I had the hair dryer there, some of the sides had a little flat. They were a little flat, but I could put the hair dryer kind of right there on that flat, and it, that balloon just went perfectly round. It just it just curved really nice. I didn't take all the uh, wrinkles out there. I didn't want to overdo it, but uh, we got. And I to saw the uh, manufacturer's uh, video. Uh, they pumped it up. Uh, all the way up till there wasn't any creases at all. So yeah, I know. I know. Over, they probably went way over the pressure that you inflated it to. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, I, it scares me to think about doing that, but uh, they that that's the way they say do it. They say blow it up until all the wrinkles go away. But man, yeah. So, but they certainly are, are working good with uh, almost. What what happened to you? You went down into the tropics there, off the coast of Mexico, on that second lap, and uh, um, you know you're dealing with um, a lot of uh, increased solar angle, and so the solar heating increased, and that silver balloon. You would think it would reflect sunlight, but it actually absorbs more than a clear balloon would. So that's you have to back off on how much extra lift the free lift you put in it to compensate for that so um, that last one you might have been just a little hot on the free lift because of you had to compensate for the uh, silver absorbing heat oh yeah yeah and it certainly uh, you got some incredible uh, altitudes out of it so that thing was stretched out pretty good 
Yeah, well, that was, I saw 43, 44,000 feet. No, we, we, saw, we, uh, exceeded, we exceeded 45. 45. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, I was just looking at the spreadsheet. Uh, that balloon, that, that, that diameter, I mean, 41 is about where it ought to be, somewhere in that area. And to get 45, it had to stretch quite a bit more, you know probably a few more inches in diameter i think too i have to look at the sheet again but um yeah by you know hey i was impressed with it still it it really flew really well you know all these cheap uh 36 inch and it, this is a 32 inch balloon guys we've been flying some of these 36 inch chinese balloons and bill they'll, they'll go up what are they Will they get in the low 30s? What What's that 36-inch so fly get it With hydrogen, you'll get about 32,000 feet or yeah. so, 33. But uh, you're very a lot more at risk for hitting storms at that point. We just had a, a flight to launch from Idaho, KL7BR-11, with one of those pancake oil balloons. And uh, it. Uh, I turned on my balloon magnet here in Alabama and... and and attracted it towards the state and we managed to get it to cross right across Alabama on its second day and it was uh, moving right along so it's off out the, over the Atlantic but uh, it's it's still you know it's it's about 20 that one they were using um, I believe they were using the uh, the cheaper helium that you get from Walmart but I'm not sure yeah, but it's yeah. about 28,000 feet that were flying with hey, hydrogen, it's about two to three thousand. You'll be about three thousand feet higher with hydrogen. Watching that thing inflate, just like the chat room, all I could think of is, man, that thing's like Jiffy Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah peel that top right off. Yeah, it was. yeah. I remember Jiffy Pop. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where it is tomorrow. It ought to be uh, moving right along across the Atlantic. So, Yeah, I was impressed with how quick it's been moving. It was 80 miles an hour when I looked at it this afternoon. Yeah, and uh, we might mention, Tom, that this also has the JT9 transmission on it. Yeah. At the six-minute and uh, seven-minute marks, um, and it's two JT9 transmissions with the 10-digit grid square, and uh, I was able to copy it during your, uh, as it flew across Alabama, I was copying GT9. And the, this one's also got the slow CW as well. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh-huh. I copied that, too. Well, that's good. I was uh, I was hearing, uh, I, I, when it got uh, down, I don't know, down close to Alabama. I was hearing it here at the house. I could hear the slow CW, but I wasn't copying on Whisper. I wasn't copying Whisper, but I could hear the CW uh, on it. So that was kind of kind of neat. Uh, so um, I'm thinking it's really hard sometimes, but I'm thinking it uh, it should wake up tomorrow morning. It's still going to not quite be the morocco or to africa yet uh I, i'm just going to guess we may be 600 miles from morocco i don't know uh it did over uh, when you add last night and today's daylight travel it did 2,000 miles 
today and I very consistently it was at 125 uh, miles per hour so uh, it looks like it's in a good good uh, jet stream you're, you're in a good jet stream uh, yeah. well you're in the upper part of the jet stream at that altitude but you're still picking up some good speed yeah all right let's see i tell you what we'll do let's uh let's uh, open the uh zoom lines up here if uh, anybody wants to join us and uh we'll have you have you join us and while we're doing this um just want to remind everybody that uh, this weekend is the current ham fest i thought it was last uh, weekend no it's I, this saturday and sunday oh man i thought i might have missed it i'm not still need nope. thinking about getting down here man oh i'm all loaded up and ready to go um, yep. yep. Uh, but it's going to be at the Crossroads Arena there in Corinth, and I'll be doing an Arduino forum at around 11. And uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the week after that, we've got the Memphis Free Fest, of course. Yeah. So looking forward to both of those. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the after the show show, and uh, let's open up after the show show. Everybody, uh, just be aware. Amateur Radio Roundtable is kind of unofficially ended. It's kind of unofficially ended, and we're going into a different show right now. This is called After the Show Show. We had some complaints last year. People said our show, the two-hour show, was too long, and it was just really making them mad, you know? And uh, I thought, okay, well, um, okay, well, let's just end the show after an hour, and we'll start a new show call after the show show yeah. and the reason, here and let them vent yeah the reason the reason we have after the show show is we have a two-hour uh, window on shortwave which um which we have to fill every week and uh, uh it's just easy for me to fill it this way to have a two-hour show and uh and by the way you can hear amateur radio roundtable and after show show on wbcq on thursdays on 7490 uh, from uh, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. Hey, if you're out there on, and listening on uh, shortwave, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Uh, also, if you will, hit the subscribe button. We'd love you to hit that subscribe button. We really need you to do that. Uh, that, that would be great. And also, uh, please join our Facebook group. It's called well, just key in W5KUB on Facebook search, and you'll find it. We've got over 12,000 12, ham radio operators and shortwave listeners uh, in that group here. All right. Uh, all right. After the show show, we've got uh, John joined us. Well, wait a minute. John. John, John, John. Let me get John in here. He ain't shaved the beard. Are we going to let him in? John. Yeah, you still got the beard, man. Unmute your mic, John. Unmute your mic. You're not doing any good. Unmute your mic. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike. Can't defend yourself if you don't unmute. Yeah, John, I can't hear you. I, you you got to talk, John. You got to you got to talk. Yeah, with the beard, we I'm can't there. I just couldn't. I kept clicking, and it, nothing happened. All right, all right, man. I don't. I don't know how long. Hey, way. hey, hey. You know, COVID is really, for all purposes, we're pretty much getting back to normal here. We're getting back to normal life here as we used to know it. Now, I don't, man. I don't know if I can continue letting you in the show looking like that, man. 
I know that's your COVID uh, uh, grooming, whatever you call it. But at some point, man, you told me you're going to take all that off. <laughs> it's getting close. It's getting close. Is it? Yeah, but you know what? If you kept it on at least through December, you could be Santa Claus. I had it this past December. This Santa gig didn't always cracked up. To oh, me. it's not. It's not okay. Well, I thought maybe you might can make a few bucks. You know, looking like that because you do look like Chris Kringle there. Thank you. Well, yeah. see, I made all the parents mad because the kids had asked for something, and I'd say, "Oh, you need a new DMR radio," or "Oh, wouldn't you like <laughs> to have a pony?" And the parents are just ready to shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, hey, keep it as long as you want to. You're not, you know, you're really not hurting anybody. So, uh, that'd be cool there. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. (laughs) Hey, hey, just real quick, man. I know you have your Tuesday night net there, and our show interferes with your Tuesday night net. How'd your net go tonight? The net went real good. We've got some repeater problems. Uh, I think it's some descents into the uh, getting into the repeater because our duplexer needs to be retuned. But anyway, that we've got a, a, a I appointed a committee. We got a committee of people looking at it, and they're working with the Motorola shop. So they're going to retune our duplexer, and uh, I'll let you know. But we had about thirteen, or no, we had about twenty or twenty-three check-in tonight. So we had a big night. But I'll let you uh, talk to some of the other folks. I just appreciate you having me. Well, all right, man. Well, hey, we're appreciated. You know what? I, I, I just feel honored that you're on here with us, uh, guys. I went to college over. Uh, uh, where John is there in Russellville, Arkansas, at Arkansas Tech. But, uh, gee, I'm thinking, man, it's been um, it was it, new back it's then. been close to 50 years, I guess. Uh, 1966, I think, was my first year over there. Y- y'all do the math. Anyway, woo, it might be more than 50. I don't know. I don't man. have enough fingers. I don't either, man. But I, I went to school diapers. over there. You know, I, I, I went to college over there. Uh, I was over there for uh, three years. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I want to get back over there. I've been telling John I was going to drive back over. Um, I want to go to, there's this uh, restaurant there that I used to eat at every Sunday. And I want to go back and just see everything and, and, uh, let's see how it's grown. I know I won't, I won't recognize the college now because it probably has grown a hundred times. In fact, in fact, John, uh, you're still there, right? John. Now, yeah. I'm sure probably half the buildings that were there when I was there are probably been torn down. Like, there was one here called Old Main. That thing, that thing must have been a hundred years old when I was there. Old Main is still there. Is that right? Wilson Hall, where the band and the ROTC was, that burned down. Oh man! And then, uh, oh, they they built a new athletic building, Hall Building. Yes, but the tech has some of the most prettiest buildings that you'll see on a college campus. So when you come back, you're really going to enjoy uh, seeing some of the ones. And our state representative, uh, Doc L. L. Bryan, uh, really, really did good in the r- appropriating and fighting hard to get money to build some better buildings and to upgrade tech. So he's he's done. He went above and beyond the call. And uh, they've got the new Corley building, which is the computer science building. Uh, they've got computer labs. Ever ever uh, desk has a computer and a workstation. They've really, really upgraded tech tremendously from when you and I was there. And uh, 
and Turner Hall and uh, where they had the accounting and stuff, that's all been way, way upgraded. All right, now, 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 help me out here. My my mind is Turner. Turner was Turner was a dorm, wasn't it? No. Oh uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, Payne. Okay, help me out here. I I was in two different dorms. I was in Payne, and they built a new one. When I say new, it's fifty years ago. They built a new one. Maybe the new one was Payne. It was they're they're side by side. What was the other one? Payne uh, and Payne, oh, well, Payne was two. Two buildings side by side. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, where you had the KRUD. Uh, that's station. where I had radio station KRUD crud out the window there. Uh, and, and it, uh, oh, gee, I can't remember the name of the other dorm. It was, it was just a, it wasn't an H, but it was just a single one. And it was, it was back to the, back to the west. And they built the new, they built Payne Hall, the H building. To, I don't know if that was north or if that was east. That was north. So it'd be the right, it'd be the next building next building to the south. Yes, let's see. Turner was it Turner Hall? There was Turner Hall, and then just to the east of Turner was where all the mathematics and yeah. the accounting and the computer science classes were. All right. Well, it was Turner Hall. I was in Turner Hall, and I moved to Payne Hall. Now, let me ask you a question: Are, are those co-ed now? Do they have both men and women in the in those? Uh, some of them are. Uh, some of the buildings, uh, some of the one of the girls' dorms have been converted into something else. You know, they had Caraway. Yeah, yeah. That when when we were there. Well, you know, Caraway Hall. Yeah. You know, I was in I was in the newest dorm there, and and uh, in fact, uh, I've, I've kept up with my my roommate from there fifty years ago. He he's already finished a tour in the Air Force, and he's retired. Of course, we're all getting old, but uh, he came by here this year, and we talked about things, and I, and he reminded me of a few things we did, and and uh, uh, you know, I was in a very modern, the new uh, dorm there, and we you know these these rooms had this air conditioner system. It was under the window. And it had a blower, and it was always blowing, you know, always blowing. We didn't have thermostats. It, you just had a knob on there. You could turn it on, low, medium, high, whatever. And uh, I don't know how we got away with it, but I took a thermostat in there. I took a thermostat in there and I think a relay, and we tore that thing apart. And we put our own thermostat on that, uh, on that air conditioner in there where it would cycle on and off, you know, while we were sleeping, you know set the thermostat where we want it and you know i'm just wondering i just wondering if that thermostat is still in that room after all these years man oh that would be something to go yes. do that would be get somebody to take a secure one of the resident assistants to take take you into that room and see if it's still there well when we go over there i might try to go in. i don't know if they'll let me in to see any of the rooms or not but i, I know right where my room was uh, in, in both the uh, dorms so uh, that'll be interesting, but uh, I I don't know how we got got away with wiring uh, thermostats uh, into our air conditioning system here. I, I I don't know how we got got past that, but they never they never said anything about it, man. Hey Tom. Yeah. I I had a uh, spring break. Uh, I had a little job uh, between uh, sessions, replacing uh, the air filters in those dorm air conditioning units the one that were right next to the window you yeah. you had to take three screws out and remove the the metal plate and then you pull out the air filter and put it in well i opened one and this gigantic green lizard popped out of it 
somebody had, oh, a, had a guana in their room and i i'll tell you what that that woke me right up well you know bill i don't <clears throat> i don't remember recalling any kind of filter in this system now this system is not one that had you know on the outside wall where it had a you know the what the the evaporator or whatever on the outside uh, evidently they must have been tied back in somehow to some big unit somewhere roof or something there was nothing on the outside you know a lot of these air conditioners that you know like motels and stuff when they put one under the window it, it vents outside or whatever but uh, this one didn't i don't i don't know now we did a project uh that we the engineers are on the seventh floor and the uh, football guys were down on the sixth floor and they would jam chairs in the elevator so it would never come up to our floor and we were not happy about that they made sure that all the elevators stopped at their floor so they could get to class soon, and we had to go down the stairs seven flights. So uh, we went up in the attic, and we reprogrammed the Otis elevator uh, logic so that mm-hmm. it never stopped on the sixth floor and always stopped at default on our floor. Oh, man. And yeah. uh, this worked great for a few weeks, but uh, they called out <clears throat> several engineers from Otis. They couldn't figure out what we had done. <laughs> it took them weeks to fix it. Well, we uh, we didn't have elevators. I think uh, I think our dorm was only three stories. Uh, you know, we're we, we don't have the big tall stuff like a lot of people have. You know, but uh, John mentioned our radio station. We, we hey, the nice thing about my room was right outside my and you know, hey, back then we didn't have telephones in the rooms. You didn't have TVs in the rooms. You didn't have tele- telephones in the rooms. But uh, right outside our door. On the wall was the pay phone uh, for that end of the hallway. And uh, we put our radio station on KRUD, a long wire out the window, second floor window out to a telephone pole. And uh, we we had a neat little radio station on, and people would actually call that phone uh, for a request. Now, I don't think we had that many different records and stuff to play. And, And, again, we played records back in, guys. Oh, man. Well, who else well, we got um, in? What was it? We had a TV in the middle of each hallway near the elevators. We had a little lobby area. Yep. We had just one TV with rabbit ears. And uh, I wanted to watch Star Trek. And the girls on the dorm wanted to watch Dark Shadows and all the soap operas. So I had to find a, a floor that was unoccupied. So I, I decided to come up with a little circuit and... Uh, I think they were on channel two, so I built up a little uh, variable tune oscillator that would go across 55 megahertz. And so I'd sit there with this little device in my hand, and I'd twist it until there was a nice interference pattern on the TV. And the girl would get up, and she would grab the antenna ears and have one foot off the ground, and then I'd let up on the button on the thing. And then I... And after a while, they got tired of that. They'd go up to the other floor, and then I could watch Star Trek. Now, what what is, what is this the girl would do? We didn't have girls in our dorm. I mean, that, you know. It was a co-ed dorm. Oh, was it? That Man, was, not, I, that I, was I, in California. That, See, yeah, they didn't have them in Ohio well, State. but uh, we, didn't, we didn't have them either. Yeah, we Barbara, we did. Yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't have them either. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny how you do all those. I, I, I don't guess they're stupid. They're just weird things i mean you know you jam the tv you put a little radio station on hey we had a coke machine there down in the down in the lobby and it dropped a cup 
you know, and you hit the button, it'd drop a cup, and it would fill up with Coke or whatever. And uh, somebody showed me one time how to get a free Coke out of there. You could actually you stick it. your you could stick your hand up in that up in that thing back there, and there's a little switch up in there. If you knew right where it was, you could flip that and take your hand out, and it would drop a cup, and it would fill up it would fill a, the cup up with Coke. So I thought that was kind of neat right there. The I, way we I, did it yeah. in high school, Tom, we uh, put mercury on a silver dime. And it would slide right through the Coke machine, and you get your Coke. But that's when a Coke costs ten cents. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I didn't think about that. I thought maybe y'all might have tied a string on the dime and pulled it back out. You know? Oh man! All right, who else we got in here? Let's see. We got Anthony in there. We got John in there. Glenn, is that all? Let's see. We got more people in here. We got, oh, we uh, got Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's in Tom? there. Tom. Yes. I thought you were going to tell me you guys rig the machine to dispense beer instead of soda uh, for what for beer nah no nah, we didn't do that in fact in fact anthony uh uh i don't drink anything stronger than pop of course pop would drink almost anything that's a joke is it nobody's laughing okay <laughs> uh, no i i'm not a drink i never i never drink there anyway now hey you want to talk about drinking boy when i went in the air force overseas when i went in the air hey uh, that was the meal for most people. Uh, 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 several cases in a room there, you know, and having the, the, the parties there. But uh, I took care of all of them. I was a designated driver, and I took care of them. Oh, let's see. Uh, Charlie, you got your camera tonight. How you doing, Charlie? There we go. Unmuted. Hello. Yeah. How are hey, you? Man. You're, you're looking. You're looking good tonight. You got some flowers back there. You got a nice shirt on. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where are you? Um, you at home? Sorry. Are you at home? At home. Yeah. Yeah. Looking good. Maybe the the only angle that it's okay to show on the camera. <laughs> yeah. Huh? You're looking good there, man. Like you see that that uh, that cartoon that that uh, goes around viral uh, when the the um, COVID started and you had to, to um, work from home and you have this guy sitting doing some Zoom uh, on working on from his house and it has very everything very tidy oh, yeah, and yeah. from the computer <laughs> to that side everything is like um, a mess you know so oh yeah, yeah. Something similar here. <laughs> so, uh, so well, well I, I was listening to all the the, the things you were you were uh, talking about. Uh, you did when you were studying, and you know that I, I listened to those things, and I wish my kids uh, did things uh, do do things like that nowadays. They they have everything like served, you know, so they don't even come up with uh, with anything <laughs> you know it's it's i used to when i was a kid i used to uh go into my dad's uh, workshop and do stuff and try to do things and well it's uh, getting um it's not easy to to get kids nowadays to to get interested in those things so i don't know maybe because of the everything it's getting uh, so so easy to get you know like like for example the power supply we're showing today yeah the, i mean i i have a thousand projects like that and and you know i i 
I, everything I it it, uh, it stopped working. So I keep everything. So I, you know, I I keep all the parts and everything because sometime someday I will need it. Yep. But then I end up, you know, like it costs so little that it's easier to get something that is working. That than well, that's true. There, so, there, stuff is getting so cheap out here. The electronic yeah, stuff is cheap. Yeah, I, I remember when when I was a kid that my dad. I remember he he built. Let me think the order, but but I think he built the the welding machine to do the frame to build the the table saw so that he could cut the wood to build the ladder. And. And it was like incredible. He did all that, you know, so, so that he could build a ladder that you go. Now you go to the supermarket and buy a ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. Hey, hey, we got Papa Doc. That's Don, W-A-4-Y-Y-M. He, uh, he's a doctor. Uh, he used to join us on uh, on uh, video here after the show, but uh, we, we asked him so many medical questions, I think he stopped tuning in on that. But he's in a chat room. Uh, we call him Papa Doc. That's the uh, the dictator of uh, I think the dictator of Haiti is called Papa Doc. So we call uh, Don W A four Y Y M. We call him Papa Doc. And maybe that's what his grandkids call him. But he was talking about uh, when he was in school. Now, you get into criminal activity here, Doc. Uh, he put a M eighty down the toilet and it blew the toilet off the floor. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, man. That's that's pretty bad, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I guess I, I can't talk about too many criminal things I did. Um, Is it past the statute of limited limitations? I don't, I don't, um, I don't yeah, know. Most of those I've got are, a few stories are, that are I safe, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, well, you know, hey, here's a story. We went out one night and we collected road signs and had them up in a room. And it, it, I tell you what, next morning, our house mom, they told us we couldn't keep those road signs. I couldn't believe it. Well, I told you, I think on a previous show, I told you about they put me in charge of inventory of the chemistry uh, storeroom at Ohio State. <clears throat> and that was a big mistake because I yeah. saw this big, big vial of uh, said sodium metal. Mm. And it was a pound. <laughs> oh, it's, it's kind of in an oil, so it doesn't get exposed to the air. But you know, you take a little tiny sliver of that stuff and put it in water, and it just flame and everything. So uh, it it was labeled 1947, and I figured they wouldn't miss it. So I said sodium metal zero, and I took it out of the storeroom. And we went down to the Olentangy River near the Ohio State Stadium, and I got my my friends from the dormitory out there and said, you aren't going to believe this. And I threw a pound of sodium metal into the river. And uh, it was about the size of a baseball. And uh, it just bubbled and frothed. Nothing happened. And so we started walking back up the riverbank. And all of a sudden, there was this huge explosion. And it knocked us to the ground. And we turned around. And there was a flaming column of water and flame shooting 30 or 40 feet up in the air and the whole river was on fire it was just spectacular and we yeah. we scooted out of there before the security and the police arrived but uh, <laughs> they actually sent the fire department out to try and put the river out 
Well, I, well hey, I probably did something even more dangerous. Man, we went out in the, in the woods in the country there, and it was like an old barracks. It must have been Corps of Engineers. We found, I found a round canister, metal canister, six inches tall, uh, a couple inches in diameter. Didn't know what it was. Had a, some kind of lid on it. It wouldn't open. Took it back to the barracks, and I'm taking, I've got, not barracks, took it back to the room. I'm on the floor. I think that particular floor was a, a tile floor. Yeah, I remember. So I lay that sucker on the floor, and I take a hammer, and I'm going to bust it open. And I bust that thing open, and the end comes off of it, and it was full of gunpowder. And then we took it after that. I'm, man, I'm shaking right now thinking about that. We took it after that up out, out uh, Skyline Drive, John's where we took it. And uh, we took a flash cube. We took a flash cube, kind of busted it, stuck it down in there, and ran some wire you know, from that flash cube. And we touched the car battery, and we exploded it up there on... Uh, on uh, Skyline Drive, but uh, man, right now I get queasy thinking about busting that thing open with a hammer. I really do. Was it a landmine? <laughs> no, no, it was just a. It, it was some kind of round, solid metal canister. Uh, and the yeah. top, the top was like pressed on. It wouldn't come off. It wouldn't come off for nothing. And I was beating that sucker with a hammer, and it finally, it either came off or it cracked open. And I, I guess there was no sparks. Uh, well, I can tell you right now, there were no sparks. But I had no idea what was in that sucker. Maybe. Do you remember the movie uh, October Sky, which is based on the movie, uh, the book Rocket Boys, that Homer Hickam, he works out here in, at NASA. And uh, anyways, he... Uh, um, he wrote the book Rocket Boys, and they made when they made the movie... Uh, October Sky is an anagram of Rocket Boys, just so you know. So uh, there was one scene there where they're making their first rocket motor, and they've got their rocket out in the backyard, and it blows up, and they're knocked on their back, and their mother comes out and says, I told you not to blow yourself up. Well, back in the day, I had these little Estes rocket engines that you could buy, and I'd spent several months making this beautiful rocket and painted it and decorated it. And uh, I was, you know, I said, you know, I can make my own rocket engine. So cheaper than I can buy it with my allowance money. So I, uh, I made up this, this flash powder of rocket fuel, pounded it into the cartridge with a hammer and a bolt. No wonder I'm still here. And mm. I lit that thing with mm. a little piece of dynamite fuse, and that thing blew up like an M80. It was about the force of an M80. Just my little, mm. my beautiful rocket just disintegrated into little pieces of balsa wood and cardboard fluttering down from the sky. And my mom came running out and said, I told you. It's <laughs> just like in the movie. Yeah. Well, you know, Bill, I was just thinking, I, I, I had, nowadays, yeah. if I was a kid nowadays, they probably would haul me away. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, uh, didn't really think about this too much lately. You know, we're flying balloons the last couple of years, three years. But 
50 years ago, we did a balloon. Uh, we were doing several balloons in um, at their college. We'd go out. We could go out there. And we could go in a chemistry lab at night. It wasn't locked. We'd go in there and, I guess, do your experiments. But we uh, we took these clothes big, these big clothes bags, taped them together, made a big old cigar-looking thing, and we'd fill them up with uh, natural gas from the uh, natural ga- from the Bunsen burner. And uh, of course, natural gas is pretty heavy. It's got a little bit of lift to it, so. We'd send them off out there, and they'd kind of go up really slow, you know. But I had a friend at the FAA, a ham friend at the FAA. He was going to call Little Rock and tell them to watch for this. We were going to launch this balloon and uh, for them to see if they could see it on radar. So we were filling up this 20-foot-long balloon with uh, natural gas in the, in the, in the uh, chemistry lab, and we're going to take it out the door. And, and next thing I know, we get a call from the dean of men, and we we got called into the dean of men's office. And, you know, he wasn't very nice. He called me by my last name. You know, he said, Medlin, what are you guys doing? You can't send up, you know, 50 cubic feet of natural gas in a balloon. <laughs> the, the FAA, I guess, had contacted them and told them, you know, what was going on. So we, we got busted. Mm. <laughs> Somebody's asked me if it was black powder or regular gunpowder. I I don't know the difference. Uh, I I I, I want to say it was probably black powder. I I don't know if one sets off by a spark easier than the other. I have no idea. I don't know why it would be black powder. It was in an olive drab uh, uh, canister, you know, military color uh, canister. Uh, you know, like like the government purchased it or something but uh so i don't know what type it was but it definitely did explode when we flashed the cube in it all right anybody else got any stories here you know one charlie remember the the sodium the sodium story uh made me remember when i was uh, in high school and the there was this uh chemistry teacher it was her. Uh, she was really young. It was her first year, uh, and <laughs> I remember that she was going to show us the effect of uh, sodium in the water. And she got the you know the sodium on on the little uh, kerosene uh, liquid, so it doesn't uh, oxidize. And she took a little bit like that on the on a little you know. Uh, uh, wooden uh, <clears throat> dish and started cutting it and then she put a little bowl of water and she said take a look and I remember it was incredible because nowadays you'll use huge goggles and everything and yeah, yeah. safe distance and everything and I remember it was <clears throat> like everybody was like that on top <laughs> of the little bowl oh, boy. And, and she started putting, you know, a little piece, and it did, you know, it burned. And yeah. you know, oh, everybody was, yeah, again, again, and a little more, and then again. And a guy started saying, now students started saying, come on, put it all, put it all, you know, and everybody started, put it all. Put it all. And she said, and she put it all like that, and it started, yeah, boom. Like oh, that. boy. And Mm-mm. we were like, you know, Right over, huh? Way. And it was water everywhere. The dish flew up to the roof and came back. Nobody got hurt it. But what was the 
first thing she said, please don't tell the head of the department. <laughs> she no. didn't ask, are you okay? I'm very sorry. Please don't tell the head of the department that it was really funny. <laughs> oh, boy. But, incredible. Oh. All right. Well, you can tell us the end of the show. Demon Child has come up. Oh, really? All right. And down she went. Well, again, I need to try to get down to Corinth this weekend for the for the uh, ham fest down here. I guess I need to. I'm just yeah, lazy. I'm down. just lazy, man. That's an hour and a half drive down here. Oh, jeez. Yeah. There'll be yeah. It's supposed to be raining though. Oh, really? Yeah. But I'm I'm like you. I just want to get out. I'm gonna go to a ham fest. I've got a table or two, so I'm gonna try to sell some of my stuff and uh, just sit back and relax and have fun. All hey, right. what have you got to sell? Maybe we can. Maybe we can, can sell it right here. The table. Yeah, maybe we can do uh, it right here. Yeah, it's a lot of odds and ends. Primarily, just a boatload of uh, IP phones. Oh, really? Good old Grand Grandstream IP phones. I have. What's the, what? What's the brand on them? You got any Cisco IP phones? No, these are Grandstreams. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's GXP. for the Asterisk open source right. stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's actually what they were used on was an Astro system that I put together. Yeah. And yeah, I've got we, a, we a couple to boxes of them. Those for the office. And it's like, don't need them anymore. Time to go. Configure those for Hamshack Hotline, and you can sell them for fifty or sixty dollars a piece. Then you come get them and configure them yourself, and I'll give them to you for five a piece. <laughs> I have other projects, but. Yeah, Think I do too. The Hamshack Hotline people are clamoring for all the SIP phones. That's what these are. I mean, you know, everybody's seen them at the Hamfest before, and they're like, nah. Yeah. But they can be configured for Hamfest Hotline for, you know, nothing. They're network capable and everything, so. But uh, they're good phones. You know, I, I used them for quite a while. Like I say, I'm, I'm cleaning out the house, trying to make room for new radios and get a little bit extra money for new radios. So I've got a little bit of everything, but it, the, the phones are the big thing. I've got a couple laser printers, a couple really nice uh, HP laser printers that are have almost you, have you uh, Have you still got that projector? Uh, nope. Projector got sold in um, St. Louis. St. Louis. All right, man. Yeah, so don't have projector no more. And uh, but uh, laser printers, I've got three laser printers I'm bringing. So just cleaning, cleaning house, trying to make some room. Five bedroom house. <clears throat> I live alone, and I have no place to put anything. Now let's talk. A, let's talk a minute. Picture? Let's talk a minute about Corinth Hamfest down here. They they feed you slug burgers. Yes, sir. You can get a slug burger down here, and uh, yeah, there's uh, there's this famous uh, there's uh, right there in Corinth. There's this famous um, uh, drugstore. It's also a, like a soda fountain or whatever in there. 
and uh, they invented the slug burger. I think back, I don't know, whenever it was, back in the. It's back during the depression because what yeah. they were doing was they were mixing the the beef with uh, breading. It wasn't it, wasn't it like soy soybean soy meal or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Just to, you know, make it last longer. Well, they got me, they, they brought us, the last time I was there, they brought us all slug burgers, and I, I, I did taste it. I, I I didn't think it was that great of tasting a hamburger. Actually, it wasn't a hamburger, it was a slug burger. But uh, I did try it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but this time they moved to the Crossroads Arena, so they've gone up big time. So they're not where they were last. Uh, they moved. No, this is at the Crossroads Arena, which is you oh, know right boy. next to the Auto Museum over there. Crossroads. If I get there, I go to the wrong place. Bye, people. Bye, bye. Hey, Charlie. Yeah, wow. it's. Um, you'll see it. I mean, if you take um, seventy-two and then cut down on forty-five, you'll see it right there on the right at your exit. Okay. Then on 45, and it's on the right side of the road, right? How far after you get off 72? Oh, gosh, it's right there, just off of Real, I mean, oh, within, a mile, within a mile. It's probably about three miles south okay. on 72. All right. And you'll see it there on the right, but uh, you know, I, I can't remember the exact exit name. Okay. Uh, Harper Road, possibly, but it's, it's right there in downtown, you know, uh, torrent, but you can't miss it. You'll see it on the right there. Yeah, that uh, that drugstore I was talking about, that little cafe drugstore. It's got a million Civil War relics in it. If you ever get down to uh, Corinth, go in there. They're famous for the Slug Burger, and they've got so many Civil War relics uh, that they've collected yeah. and have inside. Well, their, they've got uh, uh, oh, they got thing. one of the battlefields just there. The one of the battlefield museums there uh, near that same exit. Yeah. Can't remember the name. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, hey, we're about to run in to run into our time limit on our uh, radio program here. Uh, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio. We're here every Tuesday, live on W5KUB.com. Join us uh, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, W5KUB on Tuesdays, and uh, you're listening out there in WBCQ. Uh, thanks for tuning in. All right, guys. Well, we had an interesting night here. Bill, where do you think the balloon will be tomorrow? We won't be at Africa, will we? No, probably not, but uh, be pretty well across the way. Maybe the Canary Islands. I haven't run a prediction, but yeah, I think we're gonna we'll be a few hundred miles out at least. So that is, we're still flying. So I got these clear ones in the day we launched the the silver one. Man, I, maybe I need to get another ready and. I still haven't been able to order them. They won't accept any of my credit cards or PayPal. Well, you, they've got a site. they've got a online contact here. You need to contact them and say, you know, what's wrong. And I did that, and it, they fixed it. They fixed it and said, we fixed the problem. You can enter now. And I I went right on and I did it. You know. Now this I've is had a that chat, issue. Is this a chat person or an email? Uh it was a uh, one of those form form mails. Uh, I think they got a form on there that you you fill out. Oh, and just just say, hey, I'm trying to order, but you know, uh, it won't take this. It won't take that. I told him, I it, it, when I tried to order, it, it would only ta- it would it would only let you order if you were in Japan. 
Yeah. Now, Japan, and, yeah. So they fixed that. They fixed number. that. Yeah. You had to put a suite number or an apartment number or won't let you continue. Yeah. I, I saw that, but I didn't have to do that. Uh, in fact, I may have, you know, I think for the suite number, you know, my address is 3060 in my street. I think I just put this 3060 in there for the suite number. Uh, you That's know, good. you could do that. You could put your call letter in there for the company name. That, but uh, you got to get past ordering and the, the credit card. Thing. You were able to put a credit card number in, and they took it, or PayPal. Yeah, yeah, I did a PayPal. Well, some of those places on Pay, you know, PayPal rejects them or locks them out, and then the credit card company locks them out too, and they have to come up with a different business name or contact well, you to actually send them the money. These people have website problems. Well, there's no doubt about it. Oh. All right. Well, I'll try ordering again. But, yeah, just uh, get on I there. Tried, get on. I tried there. two days in a row, several times. And well, unless you tell them, that it, 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 isn't, it isn't going to get fixed unless you tell them. So just send them okay. that note, tell them what's wrong, and they'll they'll respond back to you and say it's fixed. Thank you. And uh, Wow. Yep. Yeah, they probably had to reboot the laptop that was running the back end for the payment. Yeah, system. yeah, might have. No, they might they have. rebooted the Arduino that was running their yeah, website. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Raspberry Pi. Oh, yeah. let me tell you something. I found something interesting now that we're off the air. I wasn't going to mention it on the air tonight. Well, we're um, still on it. Well, we're when you well, we're still webcasting. We're not on shortwave. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. Um I've been doing some research on the Raspberry Pi Pico and found out that there is now an Arduino uh, port of the code. And the way the Pi works is you can actually upload a different, call it operating system, but a different image onto the Flash. You know, it comes with Python, but you can flash it for C and C++ and... Um, Circuit Python instead of MicroPython, and somebody has an Arduino that is uh, Arduino compatible, so it worked right with the Arduino IDE. You burn that image on it, boom, and it will now have access to all of the Arduino code and libraries and everything. This is a uh, Raspberry Pi Pico? Yes, with 2 meg of Flash, 264 of memory and 133 meg dual uh, uh, Cortex M0 plus processors. Interesting. Or dual core M0 plus processors. And I took a look at that and I'm like, this has possibilities. Because now you can put the Arduino code on it. Now you've got the Arduino libraries and everything. So I can literally take all of my projects and port them over to the Pico. And I already have two Picos sitting on the desk here. So they have, um, the IDE can handle the M0 processor? Uh, and the, yeah, the IDE now with the uh, later versions, they actually have board definitions that you can download from the Internet. And from the various manufacturers like Adafruit and their Feather line and SparkFun right. and all of those. And somebody has written an image for the Pi or the Pico that you load to it. And it's a real easy load. It's like you hold the reset button down. 
and it goes into the bootloader that will let you pull down the image off of USB. All right, hey guys, I'm fixing to get out of here in a second. Bill, you saw an email all the people that wanted to do a balloon. I, I sent them to you. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, well, I get all kind of every day. I get that. What, yeah. Uh, which group was that? Um, it was a lady, and uh, they were on a show here a while back, and uh, the, I think the the male that was on a show was a silent key. He recently died. It was some uh, club or something at your school. Oh yeah, okay. I did see and uh, I sent them to you. Uh, it, man, I mean, you know, I'm not I, saying I'm not saying you know you got to be a brain a rocket scientist to do this, but it, it ain't easy for somebody to just jump in and make your own and fly it. You know, I mean, it, if you want to save some money and make it work, uh, get one from Bill. Uh, I think that's the way to do it. All right, guys, I'm going to go. See you later. Good night, everybody. See you next week. Save see you at the Ham Fest, Tom. All right. We'll see. You're going to the Ham Fest, Tom? Oh, man. I want, I'm trying to talk him into I it. I want to, but I, I want to, but I hate to iron half dry. This is a halfway point between Memphis and Huntsville. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, but I just don't want to do the drive. This is an hour and a half, but you know, hey, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going. We'll see. All right. What time does that start? Uh, start uh, doors open at nine. Nine o'clock on Saturday. And uh, on Saturday, and they're supposed to have Sunday too, but I don't know. What's um, the name of the Hamfest? Just Corinth Hamfest. Uh, April Fool Hamfest. Oh. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it's put on by the Corinth Aries group. All right. They've got a flyer so, on the so, web. So, hey, it's, it's April Fool Hamfest. So, when you get there, if you don't see the doors open, uh, April Fools. Yeah. April yeah, Fool, yeah. Yeah. Is it a pretty good sizable Hamfest? No, uh, is this their second year? Um, uh, you know, let me, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to try to guess. Um, what do you think, uh, Glenn? Maybe 22. 20 tables, 25 tables. That was at that small area, yes. Maybe. This year, with them being at the arena, you know, I mean, that's a full-blown convention center. They hold concerts and stuff there. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah. It's the same. The My only concern is the same weekend as the Mississippi QSO party. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to have the people that work the QSO party not going to be there. Yeah, and I mean, I had to make a choice: do I work the QSO party or do I go there? And this year, I'm going there. Next year, I'll do the QSO party, unless they change weekends. But hey, Tom, um, yeah. before you sign off, yeah, um, are you going? You're going to be at Dayton, but you're not going to have a booth, right? No, I'm, I'm gonna have a. I, I've got. I'm gonna have. I'm. I'll be in the same booth. Uh, they, oh, okay. we typically had that booth and a half. If you remember, one, right. one was kind of a half depth thing. Uh, they gave that away to somebody else this year, but uh, I'm in my, I'm in still the same spot, twenty four oh eight. Oh, okay. I thought you were mentioning that you were going to roam around more. I than... am, I am, but you know, we wanted a place that we're going to put our banners up. Okay. And, and stuff, and we wanted a place where we could put an ice chest under there, so we can, you know, have uh, you know, 
75 cent drinks instead of five dollar drinks and you know that uh, kind of stuff you know water um, we'll, we'll have water we'll have water we'll have drinks we'll have um, yeah, snacks under the table we'll have a place to sit down especially if it's raining we can you know come in to our our booth there and so um, for 75 cents i can get a coca-cola from you all right you probably can you might even be able to get a free one if uh, if you're there <laughs> you know hey uh if you have time yeah the balloons i'm holding the balloon sat for them on friday Somewhere around noontime, I think it's 11.45 to 12.45. Yeah. Um, I would love to have you give about a 20-minute talk or 25-minute talk on on your um, balloon adventures. I can do, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to do that, uh, and particularly since we're not going to be doing a lot. When, when we do the live webcast, we, we don't have a single minute free, even for lunch. You know, right. we're so busy, but... Uh, this time, I've decided that we're going to be free. We're going to walk around outside. We're going to go everywhere. You know, we'll do, we'll film some video to show on the show when we get back, but we're not going to do anything live uh, there this year. So You're going to be free range. It's going to be free this year. So, yeah, I'll be glad to attend that and whatever, you know, if I can do anything I'll, to help I'll you. Put, I'll put you down yeah. on the agenda, and I'll let you know the time. But it'll be okay. Friday somewhere around noon. Okay. All right. And it's typically out in the tent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if they've got me in the tent this year or not. I mean, it's been so long. It's such a distant memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, they're putting something together for me, too, doing meet meet the author and stuff at the ARRL booth, but I don't have any times or anything. And we're yeah. going to, if the weather is reasonable, I'm going to do a launch and probably with the new balloon with an APRS tracker. So. Very cool. Okay. So you, you can help with that, Tom. If sure. You sure. I, I'll be glad to help or, you. Or film it. That would be good. Yep. To, yeah. Yeah. And we'll have. Bill, it I sent you a link to that ham fest. Okay. Cool. In your in your email. All right. Send super. it to me. Uh, send it to me also because I might end up the wrong place. <laughs> All right, guys. Good night to everybody. It's getting late. Got to go. I got to edit this tonight to get it on the show for tomorrow or whatever and. I gotta give me some popcorn. And uh see, does it go to your Gmail or your W five K U B dot com? either any, either. Okay. If you if it, Gmail's W A five K U B at Gmail, you know, they require right. six characters up front and or you can send it to Tom at W five K U B dot com. No problem. Yes. All right. You can even send yeah. it. Were you ever a WA five KUB? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I was. I was a WN five KUB in '64, and upgraded to, uh, you know, when you upgraded to general, you, they changed the N to an A. So I was right. WA five. I was WN eight and when I switched over, it, it, I, we were in the Bs then. So. Yeah, yeah. So I was WA five. I was WN four FTX, and I got WA. Yeah. So I finally, after years, I finally just dropped the A. I was doing a lot of satellite work, and it was just a little easier. You know, when you say WA, sometimes people don't know if you're saying WA or WA. Or, I mean, we just dropped it, made it shorter. Well, that's why I went to the KW5GP, because if you've ever done WA4FTX and CW, yeah, you get writer's cramp. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Good night, everybody. Right. Good night. In chat room, hey, thanks, everybody, for sticking with us tonight. I see Doc is still in there. Doc, I can't believe you're hanging in there, Doc. I think, he's still I think he left a little oh, while did ago. He, did he leave? I thought I saw Doc's name here. Yeah, he, he okay. was just a few minutes, but then he, he left. Okay. All right. Is All right, my we'll audio, audio and video okay? I'm on my Verizon. Yeah. yeah yes, it's, it's much better. It's done really well, man. Your the DSL good. is getting really crappy here. So yeah. It did I'm really, going to have to did real go well. with it from now on. All right. See y'all. Bye. Cry, cross Bye. your fingers. Maybe we'll, uh, 110 will show up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Bye. Right. Good night, everybody. Take care, Tom. God uh, bless you.